Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Midgar Minute. Your hosts Nick and Chris are here to serve you up a Chapter 8 breakdown. But before we get into that, we've got two very gratuitous individuals that we need to thank. Scotty and Kyle, man. Thank you so much for your $5 monthly donation to the Midgar Minute. We're here yeah, to thank make you that, so much, guys. Absolutely. We're here to make that worth it. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you wanted to get a word in before we carry on yeah, with the breakdown. Yeah, no, I just I'd, I would like to just reiterate. Uh, thank you, Scott and Kyle, um, for your generous, generous donation. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And, you know, if you, if again, anyone listening, if you would like to do so, uh, they go to anchor, right? Yeah, it'll be if you're listening on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, you'll actually see the link in our episode description. So it's always there if you need it. Um, Just know, and obviously this goes for Scotty and Kyle too, we don't expect anything from anybody. We do this out of the genuine love of our hearts, and we're just happy to have your ear. So without further ado, um, Mm -hmm. after the last three chapters, I don't want to say being bare bones, but maybe being a little little less... A little lean. A little lean. We've got a meaty chapter in chapter eight and oh yes we, we get do. to meet a lot of new characters too all in one some chap- of my favorites it, how could they not be <laughs> um, <laughs> but i mean the first the first scene just trips you out right from the beginning we've got cloud he's uh falling from the boss battle at the end of chapter seven um mm-hmm. and as he's falling he's surrounded by the whispers and this was actually a moment where i felt like the whispers gave proper content to the original in the sense that you know now the coincidence of cloud crashing through the church and into Aerith's flower bed seems to make a little bit more sense fate guided him there um Mm. so i i thought that was very tasteful i thought it was a really cool way to start the chapter especially since you know i don't think there's anybody who saw that scene where cloud is talking to himself and wasn't confused for a minute I don't know. How did yeah. you react to that at first when you saw Cloud kind of having a back and forth conversation with himself? Yeah, when I first uh, played through it, honestly, um, before you knew it was Cloud, uh, I thought it was Zack talking to him. For some reason, I just was like, oh, I see some baggy soldier pants. Can I, can I play there. with an idea with you? I, I think sure. that's what the memory is. I think the memory is of Zack. Right. Because it, it, there you, is. Go for it. I was going to say real quick, I don't, I still have not confirmed it and I know I've mentioned it to you before. I don't know if it was on air or not, but apparently, you know, after you wake up in the church and you talk to Aerith and, you know, you can like walk away and then, you know, she says a bunch of lines, but apparently if you go to the door of the church and try to leave, apparently there's a a, a voice clip of Zach saying something to Cloud. I don't know what it is, but I, again, I have not confirmed that. I don't know if anyone listening, if you have confirmation on this, if you tried this. Let me know, but I I had heard that, and I every time I keep forgetting to to go check on it. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? But, that would be the easiest thing to check on because it's right at the beginning of the chapter, yep. and we have chapter select. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe after after this is done, I'll just jump in real quick and and see because that's that that would be an interesting thing. It'd be an interesting development. Yeah, because then it would be like you know, because now we know what Zach sounds like in the game, so now we can. You know, not be like, oh, it's just, it's Cloud, but he sounds different or something, you know? Yeah, and and I feel like all those voice lines, because, like, there's the sitting Cloud and there's the standing Cloud. 
and mm-hmm. you know the standing cloud it seemed like things Zach would say towards cloud you know it, yeah, or, or it was compatible enough I suppose what's your or about uh I was gonna say or that is that is literally just cloud like the cloud that's talking to the sitting cloud is hit the quote unquote real cloud and he's oh. like talking to his persona because oh. yeah and then like, honestly I, that would trip me out because the next thing that happens is that that voice kind of morphs into Sephiroth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I mean holy shit it could be it could it, that, that, that's just I'm just that I just thought about that as we were talking about this just now so well I'll tell that's you a, I totally think conjecture this is a scene that I think works with my Genova theory because there's that there's that cloud from Sephiroth that that cloud from Sephiroth there's that line from Sephiroth that is quite memeable but if in the context I think it is, is actually going to be not only creepy, but quite terrifying, is mm. with Cloud S, who are you? And he says, I am your everything. Thing, right, And yes. like, that's a, that's a, you know, it's a broad statement, but if true, is actually quite is terrifying. True. And if yeah. you take it as Sephiroth is Genova, and that vision was Genova manifesting herself as Sephiroth to manipulate Cloud, it would kind of make sense, because... You know, a big part of this chapter, we'll get into this at the end, is the exchange between Elmira and Cloud, where Elmira says, Mm -hmm. you know, you boys chose power over normal life. You don't get to have it both ways. So it's like Cloud's power comes from these Genova cells. So, you know, if Sephiroth is really there on, in layman's terms, on behalf of Genova, him saying, I am your everything suddenly becomes like this molecular civil war happening within cloud. Yeah. Cause we don't know to the fullest extent um, of which Genova is, you know, cause if, if, cause I'm thinking of, cause after you wake up and you're, you know, first meet Aerith and she talks about the material that she has in her bow. Right. And cloud has that moment, that flash forward moment of her using holy yep. and her dying. Yep. And, that made me think when I was rewatching it, I was thinking to myself, maybe because if we're going to go with the theory of like, this is a sequel and like Genova and Aerith know like what the deal is, you know, like I feel like that's the, that's the way that that makes more sense to me. If that's the case, Dude, you know the what I mean? More, the more I've either played this game over or watched these scenes over the more and more, and I, I found a funny way to put this. It's all Aerith mm. and Genova's New Game Plus. Or Sephiroth's <laughs> New Game Plus, however you want to see it. Sure. But yeah, uh, the, more, the more and more I look into this, the more it seems to be lining up. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm digesting the story after all this time, like it's been months since this game's come out. I've seen all yeah. these scenes three <laughs> or four times at this point. Um, and maybe it's confirmation bias. But the idea that this is the Aerith, Genova, and Sephiroth from the original game seems more and more valid every time I look right. at it. And or at ahead. the very least, there's some there's something else going on. That like, that we do know. know. We do know the something else is going on. At the very, at the I just very think least, our best guess. guess is that the, this is the crowd from the original game when it comes to uh, Aerith, Sephiroth, and Genova. Yeah, because again, they could totally, you know, whatever in the next part or in the next few parts, they could totally come up with some weird way that it all ties together. But I think if we're thinking about it, and it, this takes place linearly with the original, you know, I guess, or, you know, afterwards, 
um, it makes a lot like not, and it's not just this one instance, like a lot of other pieces start to fall into place after that. And again, like you said, it could be confirmation bias, but just from the evidence that I see, like that's the, the deduction I keep coming back to, you know what I mean? It, it how do I put it? Using that as context, it's like puzzle pieces. It seems to connect with what mm-hmm. we're shown through the story. It, it, it seems like va- a valid foundation for what's right, transpired. Yeah. I, I don't feel sense. I don't feel crazy for <laughs> for making this uh, you know Dude, this I, line of judgment. I almost know? feel crazy for for trying to negate that at this point. But again, right. that's probably just my confirmation bias. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I, I'm. It's one of those things where like I that's what I think things are gonna go. But I have seen enough things and I've been wrong enough about enough things to have that sort of just have like 25% skepticism of like they could just curveball it and do this spiral off into this weird wacky place that we have no idea. We'll end up uh, in Shibuya in the world ends with you anime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where it always ends. (laughs) It ends with you and in the world ends with you. Oh, my God. Jesus. But uh, so it could, who knows? Speaking, I, I wouldn't say speaking, but right after we see that sort of flash forward from Cloud, where he sees Aerith casting Holy, um, our boy Reno comes through the yeah. door, and then yeah. that. The first, and I got to tell you, we talked about it on the soundtrack episode, but the Turks theme the Turks is theme. so good, and to hear and it not- in context as Reno comes walking through those doors was just so fucking cool, man. And it's only to be outdone by the battle version of that. Both both Reno and Rude's version. I think they have two different versions. I'm not 100% sure. Um, well, it's a nine-hour soundtrack, the... so I'm going to lay my guess with their separate versions. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, no, dude. And it's so funny because, you know, you go from, like, the moment when Aerith and Cloud start first start talking to each other, and, you know, you're hearing the theme in the background... You know, and you're like tearing up a little bit, and then you know, Reno kicks the door open. And is like, it's tr- I'll just let myself. In. <laughs> it's so true because we, you really do have like the sweetest, most genuine character interaction the game has seen yet, and that is not <laughs> uh, a shot at Barrett and Tifa and all the other great characters no, no, Clouds no. interacted with. The the Cloud and Aerith is like their relationship is the like the as far as I'm concerned, the centerpiece of this game. It's the precipice of the whole thing. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, mm-hmm. it's at the core center of what's going right. on here. Um, and Reno crash the party was great. And I thought that's one of my favorite fights in the game. Fighting Reno one-on-one. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And these, these cinematic aspects of it too. Um, you know, and like the, the, well, I guess the first and second phases of the fight, you know, when he does his little, like, oh, I'm going to run up Cloud's sword. And it's like, just like you get, I love when, like, fight choreography tells you about the character. You know what I mean? Like, in the way that he's very, he's, you know, he's a quick, nimble guy. And he's, you know, very cocky. And, you know, he's doing all these flashy moves. You know what I mean? It's like something, you know, it's kind of like, you know, before, you know, the only other um, one-on-one boss fight that you've had was with Roche. And, you know... Roche also, you can tell a lot about who he is by the way he fights. You know what I mean? And you, you, anytime you're fighting against another human being, you know, whether that be Reno, Rude, uh, Rufus, you know, like there, there's, you learn so much about them 
you know, if you know nothing about the characters, you can glean so much from how they, you know, how they hold themselves in a fight and like their fighting style and the way that they go about everything. And I, I love that just a little tiny attentions to detail again. And I've definitely said it before on the show before, but those little tiny attention to detail, like those little moments are what makes this game as, as great as it is, I think, in my opinion. Well, I think that's an am- amazing observation on your part, dude, because I think you're 100% correct that when it comes to these one-on-one fights against these other characters, like you mentioned, their personalities shine through the battle. Because think about it, we didn't get a lot of Rufus content, right? No. But mm-hmm. just based on the whispers I see online, people love this character, and <laughs> the majority of his context comes from your one-on-one fight with him. Uh, where yeah, people kind of see that the few swagger. That he says. They see that swagger coming from Rufus, that quiet. Um, they see all his straps <laughs> and belt buckles and shit. And they see his swagger, man. They 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 see that like he's kind of he's cool, collected, but intense. You know, mm-hmm. it's again, it speaks to your point. Um, but then after you beat Cloud, I mean, after you beat Reno. Cloud mm-hmm. goes to fucking chop his head off, bro. Yeah. Cloud goes full blown soldier first class. Uh, for this for the second time. Cause he almost he did that almost Johnny. with Johnny. Yeah. As well. And then, you know, he uh, he's like, he doesn't even give Reno a chance to say anything. He just as soon as Reno's down, he's just like, I'm gonna go kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And honestly, and then, the, and I, then the whispers came in. And he was willing to do that knowing who the Turks were. You know, yeah, and if you because I didn't really notice it when I was going through the first time, but when you first start the encounter, because you don't fight Reno right away, you fight his uh, little goon squad first. Um, and like while you're fighting them, him, uh, Reno and Aerith are talking to each other because, uh, you know, Reno's like, Who the hell is this guy? and Aerith goes, He's my bodyguard, and then Reno goes, Well, I'm technically your bodyguard too, and she's like, Really, since when? and he's like, Um, Oh, it was, it's confidential or something. He's like, and Aerith is like, oh, that doesn't seem to matter to me then, <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. And it's something I didn't pick up on uh, the first time through. Like, I heard that they were talking, but I was obviously concentrated on the fight. Uh, but I just, I thought that was really interesting because you, you know, I, at the time, you don't know that the Turks aren't necessarily there to attack her or anything. You know, obviously they're, they're kind of, they've been looking out for her and then you find out later on that rude you know she probably deals more with rude because you know when you go back to Eric's house and her mom even is like oh you know rude came by you know i know you you well she doesn't know that you just finished beating the crap out of him but um (laughs) but but it's very it's very obvious that elmira and Aerith play nice with rude yeah yeah and it's something that you know when you learn later on like kind of how the relationship between Aerith and shinra are you know and it's like kind of a weird thing you know kind of a weird you know after you know the whatever you know all the stuff that happens to her mom and you know when you learn later on that's like this weird you know they're kind of just basically she she's free but also a prisoner at the same time you know what i mean yeah and And she's just she's just kind of whatever about it she has some dialogue later in the chapter that i think uh really speaks to that um there was one line by Reno I wanted to bring up before we move on where mm-hmm. Cloud tells him he's a soldier and Reno's like, well, <laughs> you're certainly weird enough to be one. And it kind of mm-hmm. makes you think. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, all these soldiers are kind of a little fucked in the head. 
little fucking yeah. crazy. They, these clouds, these roaches, you know, the, these Sephiroths—they're yep. all a little fucking wild, man. Yeah, and I also I also like how um, when clouds like, oh yeah, I'm a soldier first class, and Reno like literally laughs, laughs in his him. face and is like, if you're gonna bullshit me, at least make it believable, you know? Which is like. Another like stab of like, wow, you're pretending to be a soldier first class of all things, you know, or, you know, well, obviously, well, we know that he is, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, for the people who don't know, like, that's a weird, that's another little jab of like, hmm, like, hmm? if the guys mm-hmm. from Shinra are saying that this guy is not a soldier, you know. Or like he he is. Well, they recognize you know, a first class, right? Because first class soldiers are like celebrities. With, yeah, they're like the you know the elites. Yeah, you know they're they're the top five, you know, and uh, you know so it's definitely it's one of those weird things. It's like you know being like, oh hey yeah, I'm a you know I'm a Jedi Master or something, and you're still a Padawan or something. You know yeah. what I mean? And you always were a Padawan, you know. Uh. Yeah, that's I, I love I love Reno's um just his demeanor and like just like that you know He's a little nonchalant, you know? Yeah. At and you know day, he, he seem he seems really secure with himself. And he's not any more or less cartoony than anyone else in this game. I mean, cuz everyone has their moments of being, you know, over the top and weird, but you know, I think Reno definitely he stays pretty consistent I think throughout all the times that you see him throughout this game no uh, except Turks, for maybe the, Turks, the very end yeah exactly but the Turks are some of my favorite characters in this remake I think absolutely I think they nailed pretty much every single one um, and I want to see I want to see more of them like above above I mean and we will see more of them obviously but like above wanting to see like more soldiers in the upcoming games I just want to see more of the Turks just existing and talking well, to I think themselves we will, man, and talking to the squad. Because Song's got his nose way up Rufus's ass. So we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to see plenty of them. Uh, oh yeah. But after- I would love to see more Turks as well. Yeah, honestly, Tur- them like, playing a bigger role cuz I know that there cool. are other Turks than the three guys that we see in here. There's definitely more. Yeah, but I'd forego wonder- those Turks just to get more of those more of those three. But that's just me. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but after all of that transpires and the whispers push Cloud and Aerith out of the room, and that's when yeah, you kind of realize, you, I mean, it was pretty verifiable before, but now you see, like, nobody can see these whispers. Like, Reno proved mm-hmm. himself to be competent, he's got a high rank in Shinra, and he can't see these whispers. So mm-hmm. now now the the exclusivity of them starts to really sink in here, and that's why I think yeah. they were really on the nose about them at this point, because they wanted you to yeah. pick up on it. Um, but then and we, if you, and if go ahead, I was going to say just real quick that this to me was like, if this, if, you know, I kind of had an idea of what the whispers were before this, my first time through. Um, but th- at this point, uh, what happens in this section, they are not, they are being as subtle as a sledgehammer about what they are <laughs> and what their purpose is, you know, especially if you know, you know, how things go in the original. Yeah, I then mean, the Jesse like, scene you know, should have tipped you off. But this was like your second chance to be like, do you right. get it yet? It's like, hey, Aerith was about to fall and kill herself. <laughs> but the, the the whisper actively pushed her back onto the balcony. It's like, oh, okay. And then All you're right. starting to see it's like they don't care about helping you. 
They'll help you when no. it's convenient for them, and they'll work against you when it's convenient for them. It's like yeah, that's which, when you start to see. It's like, oh, they're not good or bad. They're just preserving the way of things. Yeah, because and and when we get to the later parts of the story, we need to have. I, I've I've made a lot more sort of thoughts about the whispers and like what they represent, and we we should touch on that when we get down the road. Um, we definitely will. I, I'm, just bringing it up now so I can remember it later <laughs> yeah. and then probably forget 20 times before we get to that point. But you know, yeah, there's the whispers definitely kind of, um, you, you know, you get a, a better idea of just about, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, the fact, like you said, that no one can see them except for cloud and Aerith uh, at this point, even though I'm pretty sure everyone, or at least the members of avalanche could see them before when you were in sectors uh the sector seven slums yeah and like i think like i was saying but, that kind but of none stuff, of the that, townspeople did exactly but that's why i brought up reno before because i was like well reno's kind of he's one of the big players right like yeah barrett was able to see them but um reno's one of the big players you would think because, you know, it's right. not necessarily clear who gets to see him and who doesn't. But when you see, like, oh, the main characters could see him. But then you yeah, see so that you know, Reno's excluded from that. So it's like, okay, now the lines in the sand are becoming a little bit clearer. Right, yeah, because you would think that, oh, maybe it, you know, whoever they it is directly affecting. You know what I mean? Because, like, when, you, when Avalanche was fighting them, it's like this is a situation that directly involves them. So you think, oh, maybe that's the the, that's the, a good point the trigger too. for it. That's a good point. But too. but when the whispers appear here, they appear when Cloud's about to kill Reno, and then they push Cloud and Aerith back to be like, no, you're not kill. Reno's not supposed to die here. So he would be directly involved in that. I mean, I guess he's not. You know, they're not actually in in you know involved directly with him. You know, but it's an event surrounding. Yeah, it was him. his fate. That's a that's a very good point. His fate right. was the one in play. And mm -hmm. it didn't qualify him for their sights. Um, right. I found it really peculiar where as we're kind of leaving the church and walking out, um, Cloud starts talking about the whispers and kind of wants to start pondering on what they are. Yeah, because Aerith is, he, you know, he first comes to know them because of Aerith. Exactly. He's starting, you know? he's so starting like, to She's got to know something, world. you know? Exactly. But... Aerith really shoots down the conversation. She's not about oh, yeah. it. She's not about she's, talking what the about what these whispers are. Yeah, she's definitely not. She's holding her cards very close to her chest. It, it's almost like Even, she realized it and shut it down. She's like, I think they might. And never mind. I don't want to talk about it. Or maybe or maybe because they weren't supposed to know or he wasn't supposed to know yet. And it wasn't until later on when she tells everybody or when. Red tells everybody what they are. And then he's like, oh, I got I got it from what was in Aerith's head. So it's like the implying that she knew what they were all the, the whole time. The whole time. Exactly. You know? So like and there there are a lot of moments in this chapter specifically where um, there are certain little tells that like Aerith knows a little bit more than she's letting on. She's. She kind of presents herself as a very carefree, happy-go-lucky person, but she knows stuff. Yeah, and you know? that's the thing. She... This is her first like real chapter in the game here. Obviously, she made mm -hmm. her appearances earlier, but this is this is her first chance to play ball. And like you just said, we're starting to see like this. Aerith knows a little bit too much. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like the her and her mom too. 
Uh, are you mean you know? Elmi- Elmira, right? Yeah, Elmira, yes. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, we had one of my favorite parts of the game, which was something uh, the- from the original I held so near and dear to my heart. And it was like, this was a time where they pulled it off, they took something from the original, and they, they made it better. I can say yeah, that Yeah, they with, built upon it yeah, a thousand percent. I because in the original, because you're talking about when you leave the church and you're descending the down. It's your first date with Aerith. Rooftops. That's your first mm-hmm. date with Aerith. One date ought to do it. And then you go on this yeah. nice walk and you have this little bit of banter and you have some laughs and she messes with you and it's it's this whole thing. Which, and it was it's by the, a beautiful sequence, man. Yeah, by the way, this, like, uh, and in the original, by the way, there is, that sequence is, like, three screens, and, like, because you, you jump up one thing and, like, jump over to another thing, and then that sequence is over. Um, yeah, it doesn't last very but long. This, but you remember it, right? It's still a profound oh, yeah. visual from the original. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and in Remake, um, I, and I think I mentioned before, like, when I first played through it, I wasn't absolutely sold on Aerith right away um and then this going through this section really made me fall in love with the character almost like immediately me too of like just like oh okay they they you know uh, shouts out to um uh, brianna white who is eric's voice actress um she her performance in this game and not and everything from this like this scene that we're talking about now all the way through to the end like there are multiple times throughout this game where just she just like shines above everything else. You know what I mean? And you know something it's crazy. Too, that's as true for guys like you and I who have been fans of this series, and it's true mm. for guys like J Rob who we had on in the newcomers episode where he's like mm. Aerith was the character that really shined to him, and I yeah. I think that's on purpose going into our ultimania uh, episode absolutely no juma and, said yeah. Aerith is the most important character to this story and judging by the conversations that cloud and Aerith have throughout this chapter really goes to show that they put a lot of effort into making sure that not only the writing between them was good but that the voice actors were able to convey what they wanted them to convey because there is so much nuance. Like, yeah, there's so much stuff. Like when you rewatch those conversations, you can tell. Like, there's just the little, the little things. Like their relationship seems so natural, and they're like they're practically strangers at this point. Still, like they 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 don't know anything about each other. Yet their personalities just perfectly complement each just, other. Yeah, they mesh. They mesh so well, and maybe that's why. I just always kind of assumed, you know, like when I was playing through the game and like, you know, all those like, you know, hidden choices you could make about like Tifa or, or, or Aerith. And I always just went towards Aerith because it just it feels like more natural. Like, it's I suppo- love Tifa. It's supposed to be that way. It, like, that's but the yeah, thing. It's Cloud like, is falling in love with Aerith. It doesn't mean he doesn't have feelings for Tifa, but he's falling in love with Aerith. You know, yeah, Tifa I'm, will uh, be there to pick up the pieces when you know what happens if it happens again. Someone's <laughs> going to be there to pick up the pieces, but Cloud's fallen for Aerith. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, you can tell so clearly that, like, you know, and, you know, we were kind of talking about in the previous chapters of, like, how, you know, Cloud being around Avalanche and Tifa is starting to sort of unravel him, you know, take, you know, peel away the layers 
and yeah. you know, and get his his soft nougaty center. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and this and this chapter really like the more time he spends with Aerith, the easier he it, it I think it is for him to be a little bit more, you know, not such of a hard ass, you know, and it's like something that you know it took what it took like three or four chapters with avalanche for him to be like, Oh yeah. Hey, yeah, these guys are okay. I can, you know, I can let my guard down a little bit around them. Well, I think, you know, but with Aerith, it's like instantaneous. Well, you, you know, know what, what I mean? it is, you know what it is. It's like avalanche fed into his persona. Like you saw it in the opening bomb mission. Oh, they're you know fawning what? over him. Right. They're fawning over and him. Aerith, oh, real Aerith joy to look not. out. Exactly. Aerith does the opposite. She just, she fucks calls with him them. out she every time. <laughs> oh my god dude you're so right yeah. you are a hundred percent right so it's like he he can't do it he can't be the persona so he just kind of naturally flows i mean we'll get into it how we we literally see Aerith peel the layers back on cloud throughout yeah, this and, and whole chapter and you see it so much on this rooftop walk with the two of them mm-hmm. uh, yeah and just like how she just she is she rolls with the punches right you know whereas like someone like tifa who she's not very confrontational. She'll let a lot of things go, a lot of things slide. She walks on eggshells, man, and Cloud doesn't need that. Much as I love Tifa. But, yeah, and uh, but Aerith is the complete polar opposite of that <laughs> in every regard. It's like she's just she is like so, she is so much herself and so much like just like so unabashedly herself. It's just like it's one of those things where like you know. Everyone we've kind of met up into this point, with a few exceptions, has been sort of affectating some sort of persona, and they're pushing that out to there. But Aerith feels like the first genuine person you meet in this game. Fucking fantastic point. (laughs) That is on the money. I can't even tell you how much that resonates with me, what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you just... You know, and even though, like we were saying, like Aerith, there's definitely parts uh, parts of Aerith that we are not clued in on yet, but we get that little bit of inkling. But even then, she's just so confident and but not in like a not in a Barrett kind of way where, you know, she like she's confident, but she's also like she has like this she's like radiates this innocence about her, even though she's not ultimately that innocent like she. Or who knows? Maybe she's putting on a stronger persona than anyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, another good can, point. Because you know, because we kind of see when the game, you know, as the game goes on, we kind of see, you know, we see little little breaks in her character. But by the end of the game, she's like fully. She gets a lot more serious as things get more serious. But that's true. But I think you know, I think that may not be so much that might front as in she's kind of just reacting to the intensity of the situation around her. Like right, when it's time yeah, to get the, serious. The gravity of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, think about this: like, if this is quote unquote Aerith from the first game, like, she's really gonna soak in the time she gets to spend with Cloud. You know, she's mm-hmm. gonna screw with him and act like she knows him to the point it bothers him and pushes yeah, buttons. Where he, he literally says, "Don't act like you know." Don't me. act like you. I love that line because it's that's what yeah. she's got him in checkmate. She's got him mm-hmm. in such checkmate at that point. Um, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but there is that resolve scene you get with Aerith later in the game if you right. you know favor her. And there's Which, a point yeah, she got. says where she's like, "Hey, we got to spend, we got to make the most of this time we have together." So I think yeah. it kind of speaks to that why she's so silly and playful with Cloud, because I really think if that theory were true, 
she's trying to soak up these moments for everything they have to offer. But I right. did and, and, go ahead. I, I want to bring up some dialogue of hers after you're done, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say real quick, because like uh, now that you're saying that I'm thinking about, you know, because, you know, before you get separated with her, um, well, I well, technically, you know, you don't really separate from her, but when you're in the playground, um, when you're going back to sector seven, like even then it feels like, you know, she's trying to, you know, she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Cloud's like, all right, I gotta go. And she's like, no, let's go, let's go sit up here and talk. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then, and as you're about to leave, she's like, Oh, what are you going to miss me? And you know, she's being very playful. I mean, and even, and I, again, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but, um, you know, that sequence when you're going through the collapse expressway is one of the best sequences of this entire game, in my opinion. I, I couldn't agree with um, you more. In, in, terms, in terms of Cloud and Aerith and getting such a good, like, complete vertical slice of who these two characters are and, like, how they collide and they're trying, they're trying their best to become, you know one but there's just like that little that little air of awkwardness clouds and just a that, fucking weirdo man Aerith makes yeah. it so easy to get along with her it, you know mm-hmm. it's it, it, if anything it shows you know i don't want to say a negative part of cloud but it shows how truly difficult like, he, he is yeah how stubborn he is yeah absolutely and like especially guy, when he, you he, he, he didn't even it didn't even occur to him to give a high five. You know what I mean? Like, there's part of this guy <laughs> that is a little like inhuman. <laughs> After t- it took two times, or three technically, but like it took two failed attempts. Oh my god, the awkward high like, five is like one of my just favorite to parts. Just do a high five, which is the simplest thing that any human being can do. As a matter of fact, it's funny <laughs> because when Tifa and Aerith are first, when they when they're first together. They high five each other within like the first ten minutes of knowing each other, and they're like their relationship kind of just sparks right away, and they're very much, you know, Aerith kind of gives Tifa that little lightheartedness and kind of brings out that side of her, you know, which is another nice thing to see. But again, I don't want to jump too far ahead there. But um, oh yeah, cha- we'll we'll have plenty it, it, to talk about in chapter nine. Yeah, you you wanted to bring up some dialogue, you said. Yeah, so there's the point where they 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 take a minute to stop, and Aerith goes on this whole rant where she looks out to the horizon and she's like, you know, I've always kind of been scared of leaving. You know, a mm. lot of people, you know, they look up at the plate and they the steel sky. Yeah, they hate it. They hate it. But she's like, how could I? How could I miss it? The steel sky, like that's yeah, human beings' it's dreams. It's home. It's everybody flowing together, and I think. What it shows is like Aerith's grandiose perspective. And maybe you could call it a planetary perspective where she's mm. like, hey, these humans are just for all their warts. They're trying to just stick together and, and, and yeah. you know, live out their lives in peace and harmony like they're trying. It's like it's so easy to look at the plate and think of the mustache twirling villains. Yeah. But what Aerith yeah. is thinking about are all like, the no, fa- people, all the families like the raspberries who we got to meet. All those mm-hmm. people living up there who are just trying to live their lives, regular folks. regular folks, trying to have families, love, barbecue, trying to move. Like she, she has this perspective of like obviously, you know, Sh- mm-hmm. Shinra is a problem that needs to be dealt with. But yeah. I think Aerith and- sees the attempts of civilization as something so much bigger, and she feels at home. And I think. A lot of that dialogue might be coming from, because obviously, you know, we're going to keep this narrative in mind that this might be Aerith from the first game. I feel like that's the mm-hmm. angle we're just going to take and run with it. 
Think about right. it. Maybe now that she's back under the plate and hanging out with Cloud again. It's like, she, maybe maybe she, it's not so bad. Maybe it's not to... so bad. She knows what awaits her out there. She knows what's out there. She's been there. Now she's back and she's like, wow, you know, this place really was great for all it's worth. You know? I mean, one of the last lines in the game is about her missing the steel sky. You know? Yeah. Exactly, because she because because she knows what's coming. She knows what's coming. She knows yep. what's coming, and it's not it's not God fucking pretty it. to put it lightly. It's not fucking pretty. <laughs> yeah. our, a, a lot of our prettiest moments are behind us, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, speaking to a point oh. you made earlier, I was going to say the innocence that Aerith is giving off. I feel like it's mm-hmm. very obviously supposed to have a childlike innocence. I feel like it's a big part of this chapter because there's a big thing with Aerith and the children later down mm-hmm. the line well she's i i would say i would like she has yeah she has that sort of like n- you know naivety well dude, naivete, think about it when however, she's when she's say. walking along the poles and she's balancing and waving her arms around and then she like, goes hey, maybe i maybe i and she she is kind of childish and she's like oh maybe you know i can't trust you to wait for me so maybe i'll go first yeah exactly you know? and and also before i forget um one of my favorite favorite character moments in this entire game is when you're climbing the ladder and Aerith is talking about, oh, I don't need to be saved like some princess. And then the, the ladder fucking falls out from under her and she goes, shit. <laughs> and then she's hanging on to the top. And it's just like the most sincere, like character break moment of anything of like, you know, cause she's being, you know, she's teasing cloud and doing whatever. And then as soon as like, she's actually like, oh shit, some actual danger. Like, oh shit. And then, you know, and then, you know, you pull her up and like that, that I, that moment will always like forever, stick out in my head when I think about this game because that like the way that they framed it and everything too but just that is the most one of the more honest moments of a, that a character has in this game is her saying shit when she's about to fall down to her fucking death <laughs> well I think it's <laughs> you know you know what's funny is like I, I'm with you I think that moment's brilliant I laughed my ass off when I saw it Brianna White delivered probably the most genuine curse word in the whole game um yep <laughs> but it's also kind of eerie, man. She's like, I'm not some princess that needs to be saved. And then the, you know, the universe was like, oh, you don't like, need oh, really? to, you don't need to be saved. Do you, Aerith? Do you? Um, so depending I mean, you where could, this goes, that could there. be a, you could let her hang there, but then that's the game. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your yeah, 60 it. bucks. Roll, roll credits. <laughs> roll the credits. Um, but, you know, depending where this whole thing goes, that scene, while funny, might be quite eerie in retrospect. Uh, for, yeah, foreboding. We get kinda, a little bit of foreshadowy kind of. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we get to the end of uh, the rooftop date and we very quickly get introduced to two new characters. We get a very quick look at Rude. Uh, we'll get more on mm-hmm. him later when we when we fight him. But we get a very quick l- look at him, his little introduction. And then this isn't our introduction to his, Scarlet. His anime ass introduction of I love I just real quick, yeah. I just want to comment on Rude's introduction uh of like the you helicopter. Know, the, the, the helicopter comes down and then you know they throw the rope out and all the other goobers come out and then Rude just jumps out of the helicopter and just lands does like the superhero landing, you know, and then stands up and brushes off his shoulders. And the other soldiers are looking at him like, whoa, that's the guy. He's a badass that's the guy. man. And then he just doesn't say anything. He's just pointing, giving orders to people. And I just I love that, you know, the Turks are like the exact opposite of what uh, the soldiers think about soldiers that like they <laughs> they almost they're like the Turks, like even though they might think they're a little weird or, you know, eccentric. 
they have it seems like they have a little bit more respect for the Turks than they do the soldiers, even though I mean, I don't know. I mean, the the Turks are also pretty adept at fighting, but, you know, I guess they don't have that, you know, crazy aspect to them that the soldiers do. You know, or they're maybe well, they don't maybe have the Mako or the Genova cells, right? Yeah, they they so they're maybe not fucking weirdos better. like all the soldiers. That's probably what it is. Yeah. The Turks are just normal. Like if Aerith's probably yeah. given a million high fives to Rude, and Rude probably never hesitated and <laughs> knew what it was once he saw it. But the second, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like yeah, like I'm looking sure at it from like it. looking at it from like a Shinra's uh, Shinra troopers perspective of like the Turks are just like oh they're just like me but they're badass. Whereas the soldiers are like mutants. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I knew that guy. You know, it's like, uh, grew up in Nibelheim together. Dude was a freak, man. Wouldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> weirdo. No, but, but, just but quoting, you know, quoting Naruto to himself in the corner all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but after, oh, after Rude, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. We got that Scarlet scene that was kind of funny. Made you realize like how like blatantly oppressive and fascistic Shinra is. Yeah, and, and like the people and, <laughs> don't care; they just soak it up like it's nothing. Like Homegirl literally kicked this camera guy over and was like, "We're gonna keep He's Midgar like, safe. Don't no, break the shot. Don't break the exactly. shot. No matter what you do." <laughs> oh my god! But it's you know a, a nice look into the mustache twirling villains that we love so much. But mm-hmm. I think more importantly, right after that is when we get back to Aerith's neighborhood and. The children we meet, we, storm we her. We meet Oats. Meet Oats. He's kind of like our lead kid goon, but the kids mm-hmm. love Aerith. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and they're, I, they're wanna, like, they're... I try to examine that. And I try to say, like, is you know, what else is there to that? Does that have anything to do with the fact that she's etc.? You know what I'm saying? Is this? A... I mean, she's very, she's very motherly. In the, and I was going to say like that earlier before I was like, oh, she was acting kind of childish and has that naivete. It's like, no, but like when she's around, you know, like the kids and other people in the town, she's very, she she's has nurturing. that like sort of na- nurturing motherly kind of, she gives, she, she brings the you know, flowers. Kind of she gives the herbs to the pharmacist, kind of aura, you know, she yeah, does the she's good like, deeds. Oh, you know. Yeah. No, it's a, know, ve- that's a very good point. She even says like, you know, oh, because I'm so, I'm so uh, kind. I, uh, I give flowers to the, to the local doctors here. And, you know, and I, I was thought I thought it was funny because she's like, yeah, I'm so kind. And in my mind, I'd be like, well, you're not really humble, though. <laughs> oh, she's anything but it's <laughs> yeah, uh, no. one of the things I love about her. But what I like about it yeah. is I feel like with Aerith, she's of the planet. Right. So it's like the closer you get to Aerith's home, the more harmony there is. Right. Mm-hmm. That neighborhood. It's not the nicest neighborhood. But in Midgar, in these slums, it's, it has greenery. It has greenery, and it's the night. There's a community. The children are all in school. It's not just fucking Betty and Marlene. We've got a whole mm-hmm. classroom full of children. There's a community. There's a doctor who's there for anyone who fucking needs them. The kids have a hangout. They play whack a box. Mm-hmm. It there, there's giant floral displays. Um, it's mm-hmm. like of all the section in Midgar, this neighborhood has their shit together the most, and that's no accident. You know, they're the closest mm-hmm. to Aerith. That ha- that has yeah, something to do with it here. I like how um, when when you go to the orphanage, you find out, and it's not not even right away you find out, but when you first go there, you know, and you you know you finish talking to the teacher or whatever that's there, and then as you're walking away, there's kids that are like doodling or something at a table, and one was talking to another kid about reading a book, and they're like. Yeah, I want to read all these books that that Jesse reads, and you're like, 
what? What did that kid say? Cause, and it's one of those things where it wasn't one of the lines that comes up on the side of the screen, you know, because like when you're walking through town and all the subtitles go up the side of the screen, that wasn't a subtitled line. That was something you just hear. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. And then obviously later on you find out that Biggs either like co-founded the orphanage or something or, or that he used to be a part in it. its yeah like a big part of its creation or something um but yeah i just i like how that is like that subtle little hint before you find out when um uh i i was want to call her miss frizzle but she's folia <laughs> folia folia yeah uh she like kind of casually mentions like oh you know i'll you know biggs used to be such a i want to be like biggs because he you know, he had, was so good with the kids and blah, blah, blah. And it was very like a like a throwaway line. And you're just like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> and then it makes say, you realize, dude, how close Aerith has been to Avalanche this whole time. You know yeah, what I without mean? Necess- without necessarily knowing it, maybe. You know, she might just know them as those, char- or as, those as those people, but not know that they're Avalanche, you know? Exactly. Um, kind of makes you realize how tight-knit the whole place is. Um, mm-hmm. But... Then we're walking to Aerith's, and this is probably one, this is probably my favorite Aerith interaction of the chapter, is we're walking mm-hmm. to her home, and then she starts asking you about that flower, and she, you know, mm-hmm. or I want to I want to say something before this. I forget the line mm-hmm. exactly, but Cloud mentions that he's like, "Well, I'm not a liar," you know. He makes some mm-hmm. statement yep, like that, yep, yep. like at least I'm not a liar, or something along those like, lines. Or like I think he's like, "I don't like to lie," or something. Yeah, I don't like, like to lie. Exactly. He'd rather not well, lie. Yeah. I I know I know what it is. It's because Aerith she she's asking like, um, what's your favorite flower? I or no 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 no. I think that comes later. It was something. It was something about the flower that started the conversation. And then and he's like, I don't he, have a favorite. And she's like, yeah, you just like, can't oh, name you, one. And he's like, I would rather not lie. It's better than she, it's better than lying. Yeah, it's better than lying. And then she's like, Well, what'd you do with the flower I gave you? Did you give? Uh, she's like, Did you give it to someone? Uh, yeah, and basically, Cloud just outright denies that he gave the flower to anybody, and then you just well, no, because he says he says that he gave it to someone, and then she's like, "Ooh, who? That's right, is it a special someone?" And he's like, "Uh," and then he kind of avoids the question. He's like, "Oh, it was no, it was just whatever." And then she's like, "Um, I thought oh, you, I didn't, thought you like didn't like lying." lying. <laughs> it's so it's just so perfect. in that in that tone of like being so snarky. Because she and, know, and, and that's the thing, man. It's like she does know him, right? Yeah. Yeah. How could she she's know re- him? She's so reading well. him like a book from the from second one. And there's only one way that's possible. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, I, I swear. If there's anybody listening, imagine we have a listener or two or three. He's or, like, it's not. That's not what it who, is. Who's so oh, anti this theory? Like this theory would ruin their life for some I reason. I mean, the only in this instance, the only other explanation that I could think of is that she's she knows like Zach and she knows how these types of dudes are but i feel like the things that get on cloud's nerves wouldn't get on zach's right and it's one of those things where like that that's where it kind of falls apart is like well they're not exactly the same person or the same even not even really the same type of person really you know because zach was very you know he was like kind of wacky too but he was definitely more on the charismatic side whereas cloud is the more introverted kind of cold you know you know like as we said before he's very cold and you know to himself you know and in doesn't some really... ways just socially inept got gotta say yeah it. in some ways yeah 
Uh, you know, as as of course, you know, your main protagonist absolutely has to be in some way. Well, that's right? what makes him relatable because we're we're all awkward <laughs> fucks at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Got no disrespect for Cloud. Um, but then, you know, we get to Aerith's home and what I love is like, we actually have cloud kind of break his persona a little bit where he's shocked and he goes, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, fuck. Cause it's literally like no other area we've been to fucking waterfalls and greenery and flowers. And like, I feel like in some ways it starts to connect in cloud's head a little bit, how much he is starting to get attached. Big. Yeah, I'd be like, hmm. And, you know, it actually, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how, out of all the, like, is that just a place that Elmira or, and her husband, they, they just happened to be there, and that just happened to be the most beautiful place in town? Or is it, like, were they important people in the town at one point, and that's how they got there? Well, I don't just, think so, because her her husband was just a soldier. He wasn't anything, he wasn't like the general or the captain right. or, you know, brigadier general. He was... Just a normal or were soldier. they like the mayor of the town or exactly. something? You know, it's it just it seems weird because it's like, you know, the rest of the town, like you said, is not like it's still the slums, but it's not like as bad as Sector Seven was. Yeah. Where Sector Seven's like grey and gloomy and there's just dust and shit everywhere and garbage. And like here it's like there's that, but there's also like some greenery. Some greenery. <laughs> but then you go you get you get the heiress house and it's like, yeah, waterfall, there's flowers everywhere and well, I know, you know we can. It's the most definitely... colorful area of the entire game, aside from uh, Walmart. Exactly, <laughs> and we can definitely attribute the flowers to Aerith. Obviously, she didn't put the fucking waterfall sure, there, yeah. but all the flowers and like the the assortment of flora is definitely all Aerith's doing. As for how Elmira got that sweet deal, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, who knows what Elmira uh, was at the end of the day? Yeah, Maybe I mean, this is not. I mean. You know, I, I don't mean to go into it like a like a full on like how the fuck did she get there? I mean, you know, Shinra just something... might just be keeping them there, right? Like that could just be maybe, like a Shinra maybe. property, and they're like, oh yeah, you guys can stay or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. I, that it was just like a throwaway thought that I had. I was like, oh, I wonder how that because you know it just seems weird within the context of the world of like, oh, would you just happen to be in this one dope ass spot where everyone else is living in shacks? Exactly. <laughs> right around the corner, you know. <laughs> it's, it just seemed a little weird to me, but anyways. Um, yeah, so then we get to meet Elmira for the first time, and it's, it's a very interesting... You just get the vibe, bro. Yeah, she knows right She knows right away of, like, you know, she... Well, she doesn't know the Cloud's there at first, and then she's like, oh, yeah, you know, Rude came by, and then she turns around and notices Cloud, and, you know, to her, she must be like, oh, God, not again. Another one. Saw the eyes, bro. The eyes, looks, the buster looks sword. Exact, I mean, to be fair, Cloud also looks like... You know, he looks a lot like Zack in the, you know, they're wearing, they have the same sort of getup. Same you know getup, I mean? same weapon, same eyes. It's enough. Yeah. Where, it's enough for Elmira to throw the red flag. And as a mother, she should be like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, and as we'll find out in a little bit that she's very much like she knows what is, you know, she knows what soldiers are about. And is like, well, she's filled in, bro. Shinra keeps her filled in. You know what I mean? Like. Shinra yeah. and this whole the whole thing with Aerith has been a part of Elmira's life for decades at this point. Like she mm -hmm. knows the deal. That's why she knows exactly. We'll get into it later, but like she knows exactly what a soldier is. Um, mm -hmm. But what happens next is I think we actually start to see like Cloud's been slowly changing, slowly loosening up. But I really yeah, think, but he's still putting up a fight. And I think this is where he just he just gives up. I think this is where mm -hmm. he just gives in to Aerith he, because he she fights comes a little bit. She comes down with the flower basket, and you could just see he doesn't want to do it. 
But mm-hmm. then he does it. And in a weird way, the story kind of writes you into doing it well. And then Aerith is impressed with you. And now, you know, you're you're walking instead of running. You're mm-hmm. going at her pace. You're doing her thing. It's like the first you're taking time... the time to smell the flowers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and dude, it's like the first time in the entire game. And correct me if I'm wrong, right? Do a quick scan. This seems to me like the first time in the entire game that we're really doing something Cloud doesn't want to do, right? Like, he didn't want to get the water Uh, filters, but he did want to get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, he didn't have an ulterior motive to it. There was was nothing. one of those things where, like, he had to do the filters because that was how he was going to get paid. Like, this is something he's not going to get anything from And he felt like he owed Tifa something, right? You know what I mean? That's why he's like, no, it's fine. You don't got to pay me extra. That's the deal. You know, and he had, like, Mm -hmm. a smile on his face. Like, he knew he was doing a nice thing. So, yeah. you know, because Tifa put him up in an apartment that he didn't have to pay rent for because, you know, landlady's part of the cause. So, yeah. you know, there's he in a way kind of owed something to Tifa at the same time. Whereas with Aerith, he doesn't really owe her anything. If anything, yeah, like she, if anything owes him. she owes him. Yeah. But but here exactly. he is just running her race, doing what she mm-hmm. wants to do. Yeah. Going going at her pace. And yeah. And. That to me is like this is a different cloud now. They, they, yeah, there's a, he, they, we don't get the old cloud back after these moments, you know. Mm-hmm, the, the cloud who doesn't mm-hmm, care, and, the cloud who just wants his money. That cloud's fucking dead. Yeah, and it, yeah, that it, it is definitely not more clear than it is in this chapter, because like like I said, he he uh, puts up a little bit of a fight, you know, when Aerith is saying all these things. And he says the line of uh, don't, you know, stop pretending like, you know, me and like that's that that's his like old, you know, like kind of like with um the landlady, you know, I when she skills. called him out. So I got skills. Yeah. That same kind of like, no, but uh, beta I'm, energy. I'm, the beta I'm me. Energy. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then he he's like, all right, fine. Yeah. So I feel like that was the last. Well, maybe not the last, but like the last remnants of. Of uh, his, uh, you know, putting up, you know, putting his guard up, you know, and then, uh, you know, it starts. I think that's the last time he puts his guard up and then everything is just like him sort of trying. He's trying to be a little bit more like he's making an active effort to be a little bit more, you know, like with the hand, the, the high five scene later on is like he, you know, he doesn't get it right away, but then he understands and then he's like, mm, okay. What if I, okay, I'll try to do it, you know, and it's something that he eventually does do, you know, without having to be begged to to do a high five, <laughs> you know, and he's treating it like this foreign thing because no one probably ever, he probably hasn't, no one's ever asked him for a high five and probably ever at any point in his life. Well, yeah, because so, let's know. be honest, not many people like him up until he met, you know, Avalanche and the crew, but like, let's be honest, Cloud's mm-hmm. not a people person. I doubt. Yeah, I doubt. And, he, and even as a kid, he wasn't really exactly. But you know, speaking of as a kid, this scene with Cloud to me is one of my favorites because I feel like there's a lot of irony and growth at the same time. And it's when mm. Aerith takes him on that mission to rescue the kids who are um, they're like stranded on a raft or stra- yeah, stranded behind, in the river. Um, yeah, behind the hideout. Exactly. Um, after Cloud, Cloud basically does the hero thing, jumps on, puts both kids on his shoulder. Jumps up on land, puts him down, and you. Oh, uh, you're talking about the the Tifa incident, right? Yeah, but more before we even get to the Tifa incident, 
you know, the, the one kid is like, thank you. And the little girl's like, that was cool. And then you just see cloud. He kind of just goes like, uh, uh, he has this like freezing moment where you know <laughs> the kids are admiring him and, and they love him. And he doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know yeah. what to say. But the, the thing is, he's, he's having feelings because think about it. Mm-hmm. This is who cloud wanted to be. He wanted mm-hmm. to be the hero. This is what mm-hmm. he set out to do when he wanted to be the great war hero like Sephiroth. Just like yep, Cloud the Kid looked up to Sephiroth, here are these kids looking up to him. And I'm sure and they... some combination of fear and, and there's just a probably wave of different emotions. It's like a, yeah, it's a very foreign feeling to him probably because he doesn't, there was no point before this where he ever actually felt like a hero. Maybe aside from when he did that cool jump and Jesse was like, all right, now that was cool. And that's, you know, that was the only other moment where he, where he felt like, oh yeah, I am pretty cool. Aren't I? (laughs) You know, it's like one of those things where like he actually, you know, it's one of those people, you know, kind of like myself is like, if, if someone gives me a compliment, like I don't know how to react to that without, you know, like, and it's like, I'm always grateful if anyone ever compliments me. I'm like, oh my God, you know, but I have that weird, like guttural reaction of like, ooh, this is weird. But you know, what's funny is what does it say about Cloud that when he gets that compliment from Jesse, he can smile and keep moving. But when these kids give him similar compliments, right, he kind of freezes up for a second there. Yeah. And becomes his, his awkward self of like, uh, 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 uh. You know, yeah, I, I absolutely think it probably it probably has something to do with that. And then I think in, you know, when we go a little bit beyond that, when he, you know, when uh, Aerith asks him about or I don't know exactly what triggers his flashback to Tifa. He sees the, the little girl running ahead. Oh, yeah. Running ahead and then sees her. Yeah. And then he says Tifa and then Aerith's like, who's Tifa? And he's like, mm, no, nobody. <laughs> and he's like oh okay hmm you know and then you know it's kind of that, that thing where like that's what, like one of those times where she doesn't really i don't i don't remember if she really pushes all that much she it's doesn't like, have she, like to, your girlfriend or she doesn't have you know. to because she knows who she is we'll get into this when we do it in chapter nine but you mm-hmm. know just as reference if you remember when we get um gassed by corneo's goons and we're thrown in the chamber with tifa but mm. before anyone can tell Aerith who Tifa is, Aerith wakes up and goes, oh, hi, Tifa. Doesn't yeah, even and, say, and like, Tifa, you must be Tifa. As in, like, oh, like, I'm oh. going to just conclude that you're Tifa because we're here. But it was like, oh, well, hi, Tifa. She did, she did see her, I guess, oh, when you're she right, you're right. was leaving in the wagon. You're right. You're right. In the dress and everything. So... Yeah, but you know, it's one of those things where yeah, you can like throw I, that I, one I, away, dearest listener. <laughs> I I do I do like that scene though, and then uh, uh, Tifa being like, uh, "Who are you?" Exactly. It's actually kind of cute. <laughs> Why how, do like, you know me? How like off put Tifa is, but how unthreatened she is. <laughs> yeah, like, like oh well, this is certainly yeah. a warm individual, but wh- like, hmm, what are like, you doing? What here? are you doing with Cloud? <laughs> what are you doing here? And what are you doing with Cloud? And why is Cloud in a dress? <laughs> <laughs> What have you done to my man? Oh man, I can I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about that chapter. Uh, we're getting close. Um, um yeah, we are, we are. We are we're close to wrapping this one up. There's not much left. Um well, there's well, the Sephiroth there, clone that I want to get into. There, there's a couple there's a couple of things I wanted to get into as well. Um well we got our introduction to um the Kupo kid, uh King. Oh Kupo Magi. For, yeah, Magi Magi, yeah, Magi. Yeah. Magi the Moogle. And I love the the cutscene in which he is introduced. He's 
you're, you, Aerith, uh, Cloud, Aerith, and Oats are having a discussion, and just in the just in the distance, like between Cloud and Aerith, in the background, you just see a, a kid just appear in a a Moogle costume, and you're just like, what? I want you to imagine like, that was your son. <laughs> And just be like, I've opened uh, a shop of wonders. Yeah, and then you get to hear the the wonderful uh, golden saucer theme, which kind of sends some trigger. And like thinking it being like Mog the Moogle, uh, uh, Moggy the Moogle, and um, Aerith is like, oh, you probably haven't heard of the, um, you know, the the Mog the Moogle, the fairy you know, tale, fairy tale yeah. or whatever. And I'm just I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I played the arcade game in the original. I trust me, Aerith, I know. <laughs> You know, and that's something when I was watching Max uh, play through it, Maximilian, uh, he said the same thing. And it's like that same I had that same reaction the first time I saw him. Like, I know, Dareth, don't 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 act like, you know, me, (laughs) but she Uh, does. Yeah, but that also leads into another line um, when uh, she's uh, like, I I forgot exactly what triggers it. But Aerith is like, oh, so you're, you're enjoying, you know, helping people out. And he's like. Uh, Cloud's like, yeah, you know, this is what I do, you know, this is what I do for a living. And she's like, oh, you don't do it for fun? And she's like, oh, and Cloud's like, yeah, I guess some people do it for fun. And Aerith goes, hi, I'm some people. And that that's another one of my favorite interactions that they have of like, yeah, hey, I just, I help people because they're fun, not because it's a job, you know? And that's just <laughs> another thing of like, another little layer, I feel like, because Cloud then sort of like doesn't know what to say to that. And I feel like that's another thing of like, hmm. Oh yeah, I guess people do do it for fun. Like you don't have to do it just because you're being paid to Not do it. Not even just for fun, right? You're doing it because you believe it's right. It's, you know, yeah, it's and the right like, thing that's to the do. transition cloud has to go through, right? Because eventually on this journey, I mean, we get to that at the end. The journey's no longer about money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And th- this is, like I said, that or as we were saying, um, like this is definitely the chapter in which he is sort of separated f- almost fully from that version of himself oh you know, yeah now he's evolved into this n- newer form of cloud you know where he's like oh me- hmm, emotions are nice yeah and not a liability or whatever the fuck he said earlier on in the game is like no emotions are a liability they cloud your judgment blah 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 and uh <laughs> you know it's one of those things like oh the oh this uh you know this this robot has a soul you know he has a he has a heart inside of him it's there you just gotta crack um, it open you know which is, <laughs> no one's better at that than Aerith. Um, yeah, but but right before that uh, sequence happens, uh, the Sephiroth clone guy shows up, like as you were gonna mention, and uh, he's a, he's not the same as Marco from Sector Seven. Um, but he's a different guy, but I think we do see him later on in the game, though. Yeah, I think he's in I one th- of the later chapters. I think he's. I, I think, think we're he, thinking of the same thing. I think he might be the one that jumps off the top of Shinra Tower. I think so. Holding Genova? I think, I think so. That's the we'll same have, one. We'll have to or, confirm that. Or he might be the one that you defeat when you defeat um, the Mindweaver, I think. But, uh, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, um, the Rude Fight. Well, hold on. Hold on. I want to I back up to the Sephiroth clone. Oh, um, yeah. Sure, sure, I sure, back sure, up. sure. So, you know, after he, you know, they, they, they go to attend to him because he collapses on the ground. But once the guy touches him, Cloud has that flash and now the clone is Sephiroth, mm. and Sephiroth's there to fuck with them and strike fear into his heart. Um, but the most important thing happens after that, where Cloud's kind of like looking at his hand in like absolute horror, 
And, and Aerith Aris. seems to kind of know what's going on. Grabs his puts, hand. Puts her hand in his and is like, hey. Hey, get it together. Like, get, get it together. You know, you're back. And Here we are. And then that's the thing. She starts kind of asking questions and digging, what was that? What are you thinking? And Cloud brings up Sephiroth. Well, and he's like, do you well, know? Well, no, because I was, I was just real quick. The, the way that happens is like she, you know, is like, hey, get it together. And then Cloud himself goes, hey, do you know Sephiroth? And it and, and I was she just plays as you dumb, were talking about like, this. Oh, the war hero. Oh, the war hero. Oh, he died in an accident um, five years ago. At least that's what they said on the news. And then once and, Cla- then, and then once Cloud says, "Oh, I think he, I think he might still be alive." They can't make oh, it any man. more obvious. They zoom right uh, in on Aerith. You see into, nothing but her lips, her mouth. Oh, and she's right. Yeah, <laughs> as it oh fuck, <laughs> dude. I, he's catching I'm, on, is what she's I saying. I totally forgot. I totally forgot. And as we were talking about the scene, I'm like, fuck, this is a super important. Yeah, scene. I mean, if we're gonna talk about this theory as we do these chapter breakdowns, that's that's a big that's a big giveaway. Yeah, that is a huge deal. That is a huge like, deal. <laughs> she's like, fuck, and that what that tells me is like, oh, maybe in Aerith's head, Cloud wasn't supposed to reach this conclusion yet. And maybe there's some Mm. part of the fact that he's aware of this. Because I feel like that's part of this, too, is like, even though Aerith and Sephiroth have this grand awareness of what's taken Mm -hmm. place before, Cloud's kind of in the middle where, like, he has, compared to the Cloud in the the first game at this point, he has more Mm -hmm. information on hand than that Cloud did. You know? Yeah, and and it's one of those things where... He doesn't know as much as they do, obviously, but he knows more than he should. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where it's like he could totally know everything, but he's just repressing it, you know, that or too. whatever, that you know, because like, we know we know that he's repressing. We know that he's repressing information, but uh, to what extent? We don't know if it's like just what we know that he's repressing or maybe he maybe he knows more or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I think maybe that's an interesting idea that. uh you know, Cloud. I mean, yeah, Cloud. At this point, he wasn't supposed to know Sephiroth was dead. Yeah, you know, but he said that in chapter and, two. Yeah, he's like, "I killed you." Exactly. So <laughs> he it's like straight up says it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we got so, something, something a little different going on already. Yeah, it's one of those things of like, all right, so does Cloud just know everything, and he's just not telling us the player, and like also not like it, like it's one of those things where it's like it's not like he's erased it from his mind right because obviously he says that to Sephiroth in that moment and anytime he gets one of those you know flashbacks or whatever he knows what it's about it's like too painful for him to bear yeah and uh, you know and there's a scene in the next chapter where um that happens again where you know Zach gets mentioned and he just like he like whenever when someone says that name to him he just like uh yeah and it's like he doesn't even hear the name. He just like he hears it, and his brain just automatically is like, "Nope." Yeah. What are you talking it's got about? Got a wall. And that was <laughs> he banned it in the Twitch chat. <laughs> That's a banned word in the Twitch chat. <laughs> but uh, you, you uh, were getting into the yeah. rude, the rude fight, yes. which is another classic. Two one-on-one fights Cr- in one chapter. What crossing, Mister Crossing my T's and dotting my eyes, which I love that just line need to cross so much. My T's and dot my eyes. And he's just like, uh, uh, I forgot exactly the exchange between him and Aerith, where he's like, uh, you know, oh, like, don't, you know, don't fight Cloud. Like, he's a good guy or something. And he's like, you know, I'm a good guy, too, but sometimes I have to do evil things. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a little bit of foreshadowing to 
later events, but um, I I just I love like rewatching that whole thing and the w- <laughs> the way that um, Rude fights and he's again one of those he's just he's the bruiser you know he's a bruiser type he's in the, he goes in there he much like Tifa he fights with his hands well, that's why he likes and, you so much man uh, maybe maybe. Um, I love when he dish rags you. (laughs) Like when he literally just picks up Cloud, swings him around, and throws you into Aerith. Just straight up dish ragged. Yeah, and he does and he does the um he does the uh the the back of the neck chop to like literally put the person to sleep. Like he did that to he did that to Aerith uh to me a, a few times where he would go up to her and just like, nope, do a little karate chop on the back of the neck and she's like, Whoa. And that's the game. And she gets put in the dizzy state. And uh, yeah, that that whole fight. And is it? I'm not, I don't remember in this fight. Is it? Do you see where he breaks his glasses and then he pulls out a new? Yeah, pair? Yeah, I think it's at the end. That at the end of the fight. At the end of the fight. Yeah, he, he just. It, <laughs> Which is the most do it over the, and over. like per- perfect, perfect. Like I love that kind. Of, like when characters have that sort of thing, and they're just like, oh, you, th- oh, you think I'm not going to have a spare pair of fucking glasses? I just imagine Rude's like room back at Shinra headquarters is just like there's just a wall <laughs> of glass sunglasses well, there. The thing I hope never changes is that nobody's acknowledging it. That it's just normal for everyone that this guy, when he breaks yeah. his glasses, he's just going to pull out new ones and put them on. Like no one has anything to say about it. No one has a joke about mm-hmm. it. It's just like, oh, wow, yeah, what a responsible like, guy. You know, if you have a pair of shades, yeah, might I as mean, well have backups. There. There's a there's when you fight them again later on, you know, there's they kind of hint at maybe, oh, something might have happened to Rude because his glasses are on the ground. Oh, that means that <laughs> something happened to him. And then he's just is like, no, I'm here. And he's got a new pair. <laughs> got a new pair. I'm going to put them oh, on. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I love I love that fight. And I love how the fight ends. And it really I mean, it's not like I mean, you kind of you fuck him up, but it really ends because Reno calls him up and is like. Yeah, we got to get back. I mean, and he's straight up says, "Oh, we got to do something that's related to Sector Seven, and it's very not subtle." Um, yeah, it's like get your ass <laughs> at over all. here, kind of call. Yeah, and then he, and, and he's just like, uh, 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 he's just like you know, stutter, stumbling over his words, and then he tries to be cool and say all this cool shit, and then the helicopter comes and picks him up, and he tries to like say a cool line, and Aerith is like, "Yeah, whatever," and then he just like. He's about to say something back, and then he just gives up, and then the helicopter. Yeah, goes there's, away. there's no beaten Aerith. Drives him Aerith's away. got a one up on. He's everybody. just like, ah, uh, whatever. He's like, she's not gonna, she's never gonna l- listen to me. So why do I even bother? You know, <laughs> which is, I, I love how that that is a theme that carries on later uh, with Cloud as well. Oh yeah, He'd be like, oh, don't try to convince, don't try to talk her out of it, because she's not gonna, <laughs> she's not gonna stop. Exactly, no sense oh, in talking her out of it, but. The chapter wraps up pretty quickly when we make it back to Aerith's place. Um, mm-hmm. And this we is where Elmira, our, um, just to skip over the, uh, how would I put it? Just to skip over the more mundane interactions. This is where Elmira kind of mm-hmm. lays it out to Cloud. Basically knows exactly what he is. Knows he's a soldier. Makes her point. You boys chose power over a normal life. You can't have both. And mm-hmm. you kind of see that that line bothers Cloud. When she says that, yeah. When, when and and just real quick, sorry. Just um, in the last in the previous chapter, uh, we didn't really mention it, but when you know Avalanche and uh, are talking to President Shinra, he brings up that you know, oh, you know, you, you know, soldiers, you know, cellular degradation, yeah. you know, and like Cloud knows 
that the thing and like Tifa kind of reacts to it. And I actually want to shout out real quick, Dan Horrorfan on Instagram. He was talking about it in the comments of, the, of uh, the, our last post. And it was like, oh yeah, I totally, cause I put it in the recap video, but we forgot to talk about it. I think during the episode, big shout out to but Dan yeah, no, Horrorfan, just... one of the Mosey gang. I know we had a couple <laughs> people shout us out. Let's Mosey. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Mosey in, in a little bit. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but real quick. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Myra knows, you know, she knows the deal. And she's like, I don't want you hanging out with Aerith. And Cloud's like, okay, I guess that's fine. Well, that's, the thing. you know, at the end of the day, I think Cloud kind of understands, you know, I think maybe this is why he's distant from people. Because, like, you're right, he knows about the cellular degradation. When she says you chose mm-hmm. power over normal life, he doesn't deny it. He's like, yeah, you're kind of right. And you know what? It's yeah. like. If you're Elmira and you've seen Aerith go through this with Zack, you can't blame her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, even though technically Zack, you know, it was for, you know, he died for other reasons. But, you know, it's one of those things where it was it was going to be a limited. They were going to have limited time together no matter what. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, since Elmira knows Aerith's history... She doesn't want to have her go through, you know, she already lost her her real mom and, you know, she lost Zack and she's like, oh, well, here comes another soldier boy coming in. Don't do this to her again. Exactly. Just leave. Just don't even talk to her. Just leave, you know, and that's something is like, you know, that's understandable from like her from her perspective. I totally understand why she would be like that. And Cloud's a good, and know, Cloud's a good boy. He leaves. Yeah, and he and I. I love and, the. Yeah, I love was, the. So how do I get back to Sector Seven? And she's like, easy enough. Cut through Sector Six. Cut through Sector Six. Bye. <laughs> like yeah, bye. It seems it's pretty tough, but you know you're a soldier, so you'll be fine. It, it, that's what I mean. It's like she she just knows the deal, and I think yeah. very fittingly, shortly after that, we get the uh, flashback to Cloud's mom. I think it might happen a little before that, yeah. but I think it happens after that. We get a flashback to Cloud's mom, and you get that scene stripped right out of the right out of the original, right out of the where original. Where she lays yep. out like, you know, well, first she does the mom thing of, oh, look how much you've grown, you've made me so proud, and then oh, the girls must be ha- must be all over you, and she's not wrong. Cloud <laughs> denies it, but you know, Cloud's mom knew what was up, and she's like, yeah. Cloud, look for that older girl who's gonna look out for yeah. you, take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and call you out on your shit. Call you out on your shit. That's the perfect <laughs> type for you, I'd say. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I could take care of myself." Exactly. Uh, and then, and I think that line of what what we just said is her response to him saying, "I can take care of myself." You, you know, I think there's just a theme in this game where it's like the women understand Cloud. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's whether it's Elmira, Aerith, Tifa, Cloud's mom, the women seem to understand him. Even even Jesse, really, if you think about Jessie it, Jesse too. She yes, kinda, she has her own way of sort of you know poking and prodding him, but like she knows, like oh, you're not a bad guy, like you're putting on it, you're putting on an act, but you know I'm gonna play along. There's such a thing as playing you. too hard to get, as she would say. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and uh, yeah, and then then we have our escaping escaping the house sequence. Of uh, which I don't know. Did you fail that the first time? Yeah, I kicked the damn box. Uh, do you remember? They placed right in front Dude, of your foot. Dude, they place it right in front of your foot. How are you? And I, it's one of those things where like I wonder if they purposefully did of that. Of course just they did. So they want you to see understand. the little cut scene where she pushes you back into your room. And also, yeah, well, I feel and, like it know, helps give context where obviously in chapter nine she knows you snuck out, and then she, mm-hmm. you know, 
follows you to meet back up with you kind of makes a little bit more sense if you woke her up in the middle of the night because then she oh shit oh never mind and i wonder are you good yeah i'm good i'm good i just pressed my keyboard i was afraid i stopped recording but i didn't um okay (laughs) but But yeah yeah, but yeah uh... I, i tripped over that damn thing my first time but i got it the second time yeah, and it's and it's. I, I thought it was really funny that it's like you know it was totally f- clean beforehand, and it's like I wonder if she like laid out all this stuff just in case, like she knew that you were gonna try and leave. So let me put all these let me let me put all this crap all over the floor, so in case he hits into something, I can know that he's <laughs> leaving. I mean, it, it's it makes more sense to do it this way over like because in the original it was just like you don't run, you know yeah, exactly, and it's like there's a limited in terms of like the level of movement you could have, but you know, I think doing it this way makes more sense. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I think overall, I think this is, you know, this to me, like this chapter is the beginning of my favorite parts of this game. This like the whole base, everything from here to the end of Don Corneo's mansion is basically practically my favorite part of this entire game. And everything that happens from this point until that point, is now to me and i feel like i've made the real meat of this game i feel like i've made statements similar to this but to me you know obviously i'd been loving and enjoying the game before we got to this chapter it's hilarious because i feel like this was the moment this was one of the moments because i feel like this happens every two three chapters where i'm like yeah 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 oh so this game (laughs) is gonna come through yeah like oh they oh they they come in hard it says handle with with, care on the package bro it's it's very (laughs) fragile but it was it's it's a great fucking chapter it leads us into arguably the best chapter of the game I'm excited to yep. talk about it. I know we got it. Some of my favorite music. That, that too. But up. we got to do it. We're going to do it in two parts. So, you know, dearest listener, there's going to be a chapter nine, part one and a chapter nine, part two. It's a long chapter. We got to give it its due. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, you know, I love chapter eight, it, you know, meeting the Turks and Aerith and Elmira. It, it was a lot, but it was amazing. So <laughs> don't forget Moggy. Oh, gee, that was my kid, man. <laughs> Maggie and Oates and oh and um uh, uh b- 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 what's her name Marae uh Angel of the Slums the Angel Spoilers. of the Slums you know I will uh, very, we'll have to do an episode where we talk about side quests oh yeah you know? absolutely because there there are most of them are kind of whatever but there are definitely some that are uh, might have more implications of further into the further the, into the, the story, story. I, I would agree a hundred percent but that's mm-hmm. all I got in chapter eight if you're good. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, I think we covered everything. I think so too. Um, dearest listener. Well, first another shout out to Scotty and Kyle guys. Thank you so much. Couldn't appreciate that more. Shout out to Dan horror fan. And do you know who else moseyed us out on Instagram? Uh, I will check right now. We got moseyed on Instagram by Dan horror fan and somebody else. Um, the, Okay, I, I I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but I think it's the hit with an extra e, uh, twenty six, t h e h i t e twenty six on Instagram. Thank you, sir, for the mosey. Yes, we appreciate the mosey. And our, I guess are we're gonna continue this trend? I guess aren't we? It's <laughs> to be like if you've listened this far, or should we do a different word? Or no, I like the I, I like the idea of let's mosey. Maybe we can make a mosey gang. So it's like if you made mosey if you gang. made it this far. Hit us with a Let's Mosey. Become part of the Mosey gang. And Become part of the Mosey gang. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. Ring the Smash bell. Smash that like. 
yeah, smash that like. Hip thrust that like button. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you, uh, Scott and uh, Kyle and Dan and everyone, everyone who, you know, if you've not made yourselves known yet, uh, please do, you know, because we, we, we'd love to have a little bit more fan interaction and, and, you know, just in general. And, you know, if you're if you're listening out there and you're like, hey, maybe I should reach out, reach out to these guys. You should. You should. We'd be happy to hear from you. We would be really and, happy uh, to hear from you. I think, uh, I mean, that's that's it, I think. That's it? For us. So you ready, you ready for the last hurrah? You ready for this? Oh, yeah. Are we just, do we count down it? I, I, I don't remember I don't what remember we did either, but let's just, let's just count down from three. Mm-hmm. Three, three two, two, one. I can't. Oh, God. It was better. It was better that time.